0: Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. With really good literature, you're allowed to take multiple journeys as your perspective shifts over time. It continues to resonate as you find different ways of entering and engaging with the narrative. Gloria Edom, Well-Read Black Girl, Finding Our Stories, Discovering Ourselves. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today, Olivia, Lucy, and I are back with October's new release roundup. We're discussing our favorite newly released titles of the month, highlighting new books without overwhelming your probably already daunting TBR list. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Hey. Okay. Okay. We have a lot of books to cover, so we're going to dive right in. But if you're new to this series, Olivia is our floor manager. Lucy is our online sales coordinator. I'm the owner of the bookshelf, and we are discussing our favorite new release titles, kind of geared toward our respective genre preferences. Olivia will also probably, yes, highlight some children's literature, um, because she is our kid's book buyer.
1: Yes. Okay. (laughs) I do... I do just want to say also that this is probably a good listen for like, if you were an early Christmas gift buyer.
0: Yes. Like you're thinking
1: about people you need to buy for.
0: Yes. Um, one of my things to do this week is to write our MailChimp newsletter. Mary Catherine's been doing that most of the time, but this week is my essay to write. And I already am going to have to tell people October is the new December again. And (laughs) you you need to buy things now if you want them. And that includes books. Like I think people are thinking about that in terms of, I don't know, stuff like electronics and toys, but it's true about books too. So order early, do your Christmas shopping early. And I, yeah, I've got a couple books on my list that I think would be good.
1: Christmas gifts. And the busier we are, the sloppier the gift wrapping. You know? <laughs> so, like, right now you'll get the best <laughs> gift wrapping. So, so true. Oh, it's so true. Right now we're slow and steady
0: wins the race. Okay, so I will start with mine. My personal preferences lean toward literary fiction and nonfiction. My first book is My Monticello by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson. This releases on October 5th. It is a debut short story collection. You may have seen a couple of these stories be published before. I had not, but it includes two or three short stories plus the novella My Monticello. All of them are set in Virginia. The author is Jocelyn Nicole Jackson. This is her debut. I loved every story in this collection. My Monticello is especially compelling. It's where the title of the book comes from. But I also really loved the short story that I think the collection opens with, I think, called Control Negro. This is being blurbed by Roxane Gay, by Colson Whitehead. Colson Whitehead, to me, is the best comp. Like, a lot of the... Of stories and the storytelling reminds me a lot of Colson Whitehead. And I mean that Obviously, with the utmost praise. She is writing a lot about complicated feelings about home and legacy and identity. She's obviously also talking about racial identity, particularly growing up in Virginia. So, this is a great short story collection, great for this time of year if your life is starting to feel hectic. I think short story collections and essay collections are great for picking up and putting down reading. So, this is My Monticello by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson, comes out on October 5th.
2: Who's next? <laughs>
1: Olivia, <laughs> <laughs> it's you. You're, You're it's you.
2: It's you. Okay. <laughs> um, my first book coming out October fifth as well is Our Table by Peter H. Reynolds. He's written a bunch of kids books. This is going to be a kids picture book that I think is actually perfect for Thanksgiving, uh, not Christmas. Although it could be great for Christmas too, but. Thanksgiving, because this is about a family that started a tradition to meet at the dinner table every night and like talk over their dinner, how their day went and everything. And then little by little, the family starts to get it more and more distracted by technology and the news on TV and all this other thing that doesn't correlate to their family. And they don't notice that like, as they're more distracted, the table gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And there's one little girl in the family who rises to the occasion to help out and save the table. It's adorable. Highly recommended.
1: <laughs> that made me kind of sad. <laughs> it no, it, it so ends on a happy good. note. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. It sounds so Nobody. good. But her mom should have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: book sounds notice. sounds Chris and Susie approved. Chris and Susie. The Butterworth family care deeply about the table. And so this book sounds
1: delightful
2: to me. It's adorable. The illustrations are great.
1: My first book is The Lincoln Highway by Amore Tolls. Towels? Amor? What am I what am I saying? How I think, am I saying it? I think it's Amor Tolls. I think. Amor Tolls. I think that's right. It comes out October 5th and This is the author of A Gentleman in Moscow and uh, Rules of Civility and Others. Um, So you probably, if you're a fan of those, will have known that this is coming out. It is just a beautiful novel set in the 50s about a pair of brothers who are now alone. They've lost their home and their father. And one of them, the main character, has been imprisoned for a while. For a murder that is, was like, sorry, it's not a murder, a killing that was out of self defense. And he gets involved with these two other criminals who kind of hitch a ride with him back home and then, and escaping the prison and then steal his car. And so he and his brother have to go track them down. It's just a like adventure story. It's beautifully written. The characters are really beautifully and deeply written, especially the brother who has kind of OCD like tendencies and is obsessed with this particular book. I just thought it was wonderful. I think you would love it, Annie, and um, anybody who loved *Gentlemen in Moscow* will love it. I was
0: actually even curious as you were describing it. So it's—I'm looking at it right now. It's like on my book cart here because it is one that i've put off reading just because it's a little longer and so i've hesitated but i know you said you thought i would like it but as you were describing it would olivia like it because it sounds adventure tale as well
2: that's what i was wondering
1: i think she could yeah Yeah. i do think she could i don't think she would rave Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) it's a possibility it's not t.j. (laughs) clune (laughs) <laughs> but I do think she would like No yes. one okay. is T.J.
2: Clue. <laughs> just so we're clear.
0: <laughs> I just wondered if Lincoln Highway was like where all of the Annie-Olivia-Lucy Venn diagrams like could potentially collide.
1: Yes, it could. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay, my next one, actually, a couple of my books are reminiscent of Lucy Picks, which maybe is why that was on my brain. So my my next book is Where the Light Fell. This is by Philip Yancey. It comes out October 5th. Philip Yancey is, for me, a familiar voice in Christian nonfiction. I grew up... With my parents having his books on our shelves. I don't even know if I have read Philip Yancey. He just like is up there in my brain somewhere as somebody that my parents kept on our bookshelves. So I saw this one was coming out and I was really curious because it seems to be more mainstream rather than specifically like Christian nonfiction. So this is his memoir about growing up in the South to very strict Christian fundamentalist parents. I think it is going to get definite comparisons to educated and Nancy read this book and all Nancy would say was she handed it back to me. Cause I was like, Nancy, you read this like in case she needed it for a shelf subscription. And she handed it back to me and she said, I need you to read this. <laughs> and, so, and so I am very curious. I think Nancy liked it, but I think it was super thought provoking and interesting because of the ways Philip Yancey was raised and maybe the ways in which he Grew up and became different from his parents while also retaining some of the aspects of the faith he inherited from them. So I love books that deal with faith and doubt. I loved educated, but I feel like that's getting comped a lot is like, this is the new educated. Like, I think publishers just want everything to be as popular as Educated was. So I, I don't know, but the description does sound very reminiscent of Educated, but for the Southern, maybe evangelical or fundamentalist community. So I will probably be reading this again, looking at it right now on my book cart. It is Where the Light Fell, comes out October 5th by Philip Yancey.
2: Okay. My next one, again, coming out October 5th. This is going to be a middle grade novel with pictures in it, though, which might misconstrue as maybe a chapter book. Although I think it, I think with certain children, this could be a great read aloud. It's called Long Road to the Circus by Betsy Bird, and it's illustrated by David Small, who, if anyone remembers, he illustrated Imogene's Antlers, <laughs> a big oh, hit in my household as a child, <laughs> <laughs> um, and a sequel got published, I think, like two years ago or something. But this is set in the 1920s in Michigan. And it's all about this little girl, Susie B, who in the very first chapter, you learn Susie B is like one of the younger siblings and came out with the strongest like hand grip. Yet like she grabbed her mom's hand and just like no one could pry it apart. (laughs) So like that's what she's known for. But Susie also just wants to get out of her small town that nobody ever gets out of. And so she follows her sneaky uncle one day and finds that he's working at this, like, eccentric, like, infamous woman's house, Madame Marion Tett. And she owns an ostrich farm. And Susie B gets it in her head that she is going to tame and learn how to ride the ostrich gout show, who is the grumpiest one on the farm.
0: It was delightful. <laughs> it sounds so pleasant. <laughs>
2: it it would be susie b approved
0: yeah yeah it really does i you've you've sold me i think
1: i already know some little girls who need that book for christmas yeah okay my next one is taste my life through food by stanley tucci this is also out at the beginning of the month october 5th which i guess is next week is yes. that right i think wow, that, yeah okay yeah how did that happen So, yeah, this is a food memoir in the vein of Ruth Reichel. What was that one? Plums.
0: Save Me the Plums. Save Me the Plums. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's like, I think, right when I started working at the bookshelf was when Mm -hmm. that came out. So it has aspects of memoir. He talks about his childhood. Um, He talks about his film career. He talks about his two of his wives and his family and he also interweaves stories about food um, and food that was important to him and then there's recipes as well throughout so I'm a big Tucci fan I don't know have you Annie I'm assuming you're a Tucci fan have you been following him on Instagram?
0: I do not follow him on Instagram in the words of Aaron Moon there are some handsome men that I just should not be allowed to follow on Instagram (laughs) So I think Stanley Tucci is too tempting. He makes all those cocktails. I'm like, no, only Jordan Jones allowed.
1: Okay. Okay. In a tempting (laughs) way. Okay. I thought you were maybe saying like, you didn't want to know too much. You wanted to keep the mystique alive. Well, that is also
0: true. I don't follow a lot of celebrities on Instagram. I follow Chris Evans and I shouldn't. I like, (laughs) I I shouldn't follow him on Instagram. He (laughs) played the piano the other day and I was like, oh no. But then I screen. <laughs> but then I screen recorded the piano playing just for a yeah. rainy day. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure Stanley Tucci plays an instrument.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Probably his, piano.
0: His show is so great, and I want to be a part of his family because he's like brothers-in-law with John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Like you're just a fun gang.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have watched that show as well and loved it. So, yeah. yeah, for this would make a great gift for anybody who loves food or loves Stanley Tucci. He talks about Julie and Julia, which is mm. just one of my very favorites.
2: Such a good movie. Loved it. I will say, though, when you said he talks about his two wives, at first I was like, is he a polygamist? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it Sorry. occurred to me that, like, no, you can get married before and then divorce and then, you know. Yeah, they I get just it now, let you but... do whatever when you're a celebrity.
1: Um, no, his first <laughs> wife died of I think she died of cancer. Um, and then he married Emily Blunt's sister. And they are just d- delightful together.
0: Olivia's face when she realized his first wife died and he did
1: not divorce her. I wish you guys I would I had screenshot <laughs> oh, that moment. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Olivia. We all know the emotions that were representative. <laughs> <that would. laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Okay. My next book is Hill House Living. This is by Paula Sutton. It comes out October 19th. Speaking of Instagram, I really enjoy following Paula on Instagram. Her handle there is at Hill House Vintage. She 10 years ago left the fashion industry. I think she worked in the fashion industry in London and she decided to move to Norfolk and like buy this big country home, like this manor kind of thing. And she just, the. I follow the Instagram account because it's just cozy. Like it's just another, it feels otherworldly to me. Like she lives in the countryside in England. She's always, the photography is beautiful. So this is her new book that is mostly, I would qualify it or classify it as coffee table book. But I do think there are some memoir elements kind of woven in. It would make a great gift book. I love it because the price point is also great. I think if I recall, it's like a hardback, full color book, but for $30. So this is kind of about her big life change. I love stories like this where people, I don't know. Oh, I don't know why I don't like Hallmark movies because these these are the plots of Hallmark films, but like where people leave their high powered jobs and they try to make it like renovating these homes or living out in the country. Um, I follow a couple of writers who are doing this right now, and I just am so intrigued by their lives. And so I really recommend Paula's Instagram account, but I also am very excited about this book. The cover is really fun and gorgeous. I can think of people who should get this as a Christmas present. Maybe they will be getting it as a Christmas present from me. So it is called Hill House Living by Paula Sutton. It comes out on October 19th, and you should follow Paula on Instagram at Hill House Vintage.
2: Okay. My next one is also, again, out October 5th. It's called Frankie and Bug by Gail Foreman, who I know her from writing a bunch of young adult things. This is going to be middle grade. Ten and up for this one. And everyone stay with me as I go through this plot, because I know what you all (laughs) will think. (laughs) This is set in L.A. in 1987, and it's about Bug, who is a younger sister. I forget her older brother's name. It's fine, though. And every summer, her and her older brother spend it on the beach, just all day on the beach. And it's Bug's favorite thing. Like, she knows every summer she's going to get to stay out all, all day on the beach with her brother. But now her brother's a little bit older, and he wants to do his own thing over the summer. And their mom is kind of like, yeah it's time. Mm -hmm. So Bug has to stay with some of her neighbors for a while. And then Frankie comes. And Frankie is the nephew to one of her neighbors. But Frankie doesn't like the beach. And Frankie instead wants to track down the current serial killer that is in LA. (laughs) So together, (laughs) Frankie and Bug (laughs) develop this friendship. And try their best to track down this serial killer. But it is this book about like, their friendship is amazing. It's about allyship, about found family. I loved this book so much. I'm pretty sure I read it in one sitting on my vacation this past August. It was just so great. And if she writes anything else with Frankie and Bug in it, I will for sure read it.
0: That sounds great. Is there a real serial killer in the book? I just want to know.
2: Like, is it, because it's set in the 80s, is like it a real serial killer? I mean, I don't know if the serial killer was like, uh, from a historical standpoint, but like in the book, yes, Yes. the serial killer was actually killing people. Like they were not imagining this. But it's like parents, I understand that's scary. It's not all about the serial killer. Like, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's just a little serial killer. It's just like a smidge.
0: <laughs> I mean, and look, that turned up my spidey senses. Like, I'm here for it now. Like, at first, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cute. You've mentioned a serial killer. Now I'm in.
2: Like, <laughs> sold. We've just up the stakes. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. Okay. My next book, I hesitated to even put it on my list. And part of the reason for that is it's one of those books where you probably already know if you're going to read it or not. (laughs) Um, Like if you're the person that this is for, you already know about it, but I will just say that it's coming out. The second, I think, installment of David Sedaris's diaries is coming out Mm -hmm. on October 5th. It's called a carnival of snackery and it's um, starts in 2003 uh, and goes till 2020. So if you're a David Sedaris fan, you'll like it if you're not but you think you could be you should read something else first Mm -hmm. it's pretty long very long and I mean he does really slap you in the face with his personality (laughs) (laughs) so you would find out pretty quick if you like him or not I have read some people saying that they um they like once liked him and now they don't like this book Interesting. I think partly because he's kind of like straddling almost this like political divide between being like politically progressive, but also being really sick of um, having to be politically correct. So like he wants to be able to tell offensive jokes again, like when will offensive jokes come back? Hmm. And so, um, you know, that's kind of like a weird uh, group of people that would respond to that. But Mm -hmm that all of that being said, so many qualifications it's very funny mm-hmm. <laughs> there are some really funny and en- uh, entries in it and then also what's interesting about it is imagine going back to your diary in two thousand three and like remembering what what's going on then you know um there's a certain like historical aspect to it that's quite interesting as well so I recommend that to you (laughs) if you think you would like it a carnival snackery by david sedaris
0: (laughs) i will be reading it i've also so i read the first first diary entries though i would agree with you lucy that like if you're new to david sedaris i wouldn't start with these diaries like that's not where i would start your david sedaris journey but the audiobook I mean, he's a fantastic audiobook narrator, so it'd be fun to try in audiobook format. I think Ashley did his last diaries um in audiobook format. And I think there's a whole generation, is it Gen X? There's a whole generation of comedians that I think falls into that category of mm-hmm. they're politically progressive, but I think they almost liken what they're dealing with as censorship or something. Um mm-hmm which is at least like Norm Macdonald. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who just passed away kind of falls into that.
0: Yes. So I think it is an interesting thing to think about and to read about. So I will probably be picking that one up.
1: And if you don't know about David Sedaris, it's not diaries like dear diary. I felt sad today. It's like, I saw this man trip on the subway or, you know, (laughs) just this like about weird or funny things that he's seen or experienced. Other people doing um yeah. mostly so it's fantastic it's a
0: fantastic and like fascinating look at a writer's inner mind like oh, th- yeah. because what he journals about is so different from what like you or i might journal about I- so i think it's interesting just from a literary perspective too mm-hmm. like to see i don't know how his brain works
1: and if you have never listened to him his impression of billy holiday just like almost stop this podcast right now and go try and like Google it because that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. He inspired me to
0: pick up trash. I own a litter stick because of David Sedaris. So thanks. Thanks, David Sedaris, for that. Um, Okay. My next one is also a familiar author. And I kind of agree that like if you are not familiar with this author, I'm not sure this is where I would start. But it is one I am looking forward to very much. So it's O. William by Elizabeth Strout. This book comes out October 19th. Elizabeth Strout is doing this really interesting thing that normally I think I would be not interested in, but because of the success of Olive Again, I'm very interested. She basically is returning to some of her former stories and writing books that deal with these these same characters. So Olive Again functioned as a sequel to Olive Kittredge, although I... Loved Olive again so much more than I loved the book Olive Kittredge. This is kind of sort of a follow-up sequel. I hesitate to use those terms, but she is addressing the same characters as in the book My Name is Lucy Barton. This is actually her third book where she deals with Lucy, the character. And I really liked My Name is Lucy Barton. And this is Lucy talking about her first husband, William, who, if you've read Lucy Barton, you know that she, she had another husband, but this is her first husband who she's still on good terms with William and William discovers this family secret. And he asks, because Lucy is so close with him. He asks Lucy to come with him on like this road trip uh, to Maine, interestingly enough, and they figure out kind of, they unpack some family secrets, also some just of their own dysfunction and drama, and they unpack their relationship. I've not read this one. I am so envious of the bookstagram community that somehow got their hands on this book. I did not. So I'm anxiously awaiting it like everybody else. And I really love Elizabeth Stroud. I trust her a lot. Not all of her books have I loved but her writing is always really good. And her storytelling, even if it's not your favorite, her storytelling is always really powerful too. So I'm very much looking forward to this one. It is Oh William by Elizabeth Strout. The cover's beautiful. It's blurbed by Ann Patchett. It comes out October 19th. I will be reading it in hopes that it might even make my top 10 of the
2: year, but I don't want my expectations to be too high. So fingers crossed. Okay, my next one is again, another middle grade novel uh out october 12th by lisa mcmahon who uh did the unwanted series now i will say this is like 10 and up but the cover is very deceiving because it's a mouse looking at a ship that's moving away and so you're like oh this will be a great chapter book do not be mistaken because that is what i thought (laughs) when i jumped into this book (laughs) it was rudely awakened (laughs) um it's so good though (laughs) this is a survival story about Clarice a little mouse and her brother who get split apart they get separated when the ship that they're on has a mutiny and so Clarice ends up in the little what is it called the little lifeboat lifeboat they call it a lifeboat (laughs) (laughs) Um, Clary, Clary ends up in the lifeboat. Her brother gets stuck on the actual ship and together in two different chapters, they try to make their way back to each other and have, um, some harrowing experiences and then some heartwarming experiences as well. It was so great. I highly recommend it. It is like a survival story though, but it reads like a Disney movie like it starts out with this intense scene and then you get this like epic adventure where like at some points you're laughing at some points you're I I mean okay I didn't cry but like you could be um it was very well done (laughs) yeah lovely how many serial killers (laughs) um if you count a cat as a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if i'm a mouse because- then yes i do <laughs> but um one of the cats not the minor spoiler alert does become friends with clarice so yeah but the cat did also kill clarice's uh sister
1: so so sorry sorry. some dark
0: elements in there as well why
1: can you laugh at that if it's happening to a mouse but not (laughs) definitely not a human girl um okay (laughs) my next book is called smile the story of a face annie have you read this oh i started it i love it so far i've only started it as well this is by sarah rule it comes out again october 5th she is a playwright i think she's been a pulitzer prize finalist a couple of times and she's a macarthur genius grant um grantee and she but this is her memoir this is not a play or anything and it's about her experience after having her i think it's her first child she developed bell's palsy in her face so she like one side of her face became paralyzed she was told that that She would get better. I think maybe like 10% of people don't get better, and she was one of the 10%. So it's exploring the ideas of the face and the ability to express emotion through your face, especially as somebody who's so involved um, in the theater. And also about her experience as a mother and wife and woman in the healthcare system there's a couple books actually coming about out soon about women in the healthcare system, but I think this is um, an extremely personal one. And yes, I love it so far. I can't wait to keep reading. Mm-hmm. I really like it too. Okay. My
0: next one comes out on October 26th. It is called on girlhood 15 stories from the well-read black girl library edited by Gloria Edam. She is, Is the quote, the quote I talked about at the start of the episode is from her previous work. This is a collection of stories. It's an anthology collected and edited by Glory. She has kind of founded this well read Black girl movement and now. I think it's Norton. I hope, gosh, I hope I'm right about that. Uh, Norton Publishers has been putting out different collections. This is the one of fiction. So it's called On Girlhood, 15 Stories from the Well-Read Black Girl Library. It's going to be like the first in a Black Girl Library series, and the next one's going to be nonfiction. So I kind of love that there will be these collections that you could buy. It's an anthology of short fiction. It's divided into, I think, four sections, Innocence, Belonging, love and self-discovery and all the stories have to do with girls and their girlhood and coming of age. So, and then they fall into those four categories. So there are works by Rita Dove, Alice Walker, Toni Morrison, and it's, I don't know. I love anthologies because you can get a sense of an author and you can decide if you want to kind of deep dive into them even further. So it's got different short stories or also, poems or excerpts from longer works, all kind of in this beautiful little, I, I say giftable size and price, because it's, I think it's $24. So it feels pretty inexpensive for a hardback. And the size is one of those kind of giftable sizes. And if you are trying to familiarize yourself with more Black authors or BIPOC authors, I think this could be a fun place to start because you get them all in this little collection. Glory has great experience kind of collecting these works together. She already has written her own collection that was published a couple years ago. So I think this could be a fun, giftable book and also one to kind of grow your own reading list from. So it's called On Girlhood, 15 Stories from the Well-Read Black Girl Library by Glory Edam.
2: Okay, my next one is finally an adult book. It's out October 26th, and it's called Murder at Malowin Hall by Colleen Cambridge. This is a super (laughs) fun whodunit (laughs) Um, that takes place at a fictional Agatha Christie's house. Obviously, it's fictional, but... Agatha Christie isn't the, like, main detective. It's actually her head maid who is the main detective, which I also found really fun because you only just get, like, little snippets of moments with Agatha. It's mostly just this really cool maid. But basically, the murder is that this guy shows up. So Agatha has, like, these guests over to her house already. But after Agatha retires to sleep one night, this mysterious man shows up at her house asking to speak to her but she's already in bed. So they're like, you'll have to wait till morning. It was raining outside. So they just let him stay in one of the spare bedrooms. And then the next day, the maid finds him murdered with a fountain pen in the library. Very clue. And then from there, she solves this mystery. And it's the first in a series. It's super fun. Um, I think it's going to be great for the holidays because I think, I think it'll be a fun, gifty book.
1: Oh, it's fun. Oh, well, I feel like my
2: sisters-in-law would love that.
1: Okay, my next book is called The Whole Language, The Power of Extravagant Tenderness. This is by Gregory Boyle. I think I might have said on last month's podcast that that's what I was reading. So this is uh, the author of Tattoos on the Heart and Barking to the Choir. He is a Jesuit priest in LA and has made a his career... Uh, ministering to gang members. And so this book particularly is about the concept of tenderness and acceptance and teaching the people in his ministry, how to cultivate those qualities in their own lives. There's a lot of stories of people who have had to overcome a whole lot, or have had to forgive themselves for a whole lot. Honestly, it made me a little bit ashamed (laughs) because of how lacking I feel like I am in that quality and how little I've had to overcome in comparison. But it is exceptionally beautiful. I mean, all of his books are and inspiring. So I think it would also make a great gift book as well for the right person. So that's The Whole Language by Gregory Boyle. And I believe that's out, let's see, um, October 19th.
0: I think I will buy that for Chris Butterworth. He loves Gregory Boyle.
1: I guess he doesn't listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does not.
1: <laughs> no
0: spoilers for that. Okay, my next one is a book that I wondered if Lucy, you would put on your list. So this is The Deep Places by Ross. And I am so sorry. I do not know how to pronounce his last name. I tried looking people up. The Deep Places by Ross Dutat or Duthat. D-O-U-T-H-A-T. It is out October 26th. You might be familiar with Ross because he is a columnist for the New York Times. Generally, and he's written some other books. Generally, he writes a lot about politics, particularly from perhaps a more conservative point of view and perspective. Here's why I'm interested in this one. This is his first memoir, and he is writing about when he and his family moved from D.C. to... Connecticut and they bought like a farmhouse and they started to renovate it and kind of restart their life with their young kids. And he became gravely ill, but in a way that the doctors could not identify, like they could not help him figure out what was wrong. And ultimately he realized that he had, um, chronic Lyme disease, which I didn't realize this, but the CDC doesn't even recognize chronic Lyme disease. Like I think it recognizes, Lyme disease, but not the chronic kind that you live with for the rest of your life. And Mm -hmm. so he, it's basically Lucy, I think you were talking about in smile. It's this almost medical memoir about doctors and patients and patient advocacy and trying to advocate for yourself when you know you feel bad, but there's no real diagnosis. And then when there is a diagnosis, there's no support. And it's also about Taking care of yourself while you're also taking care of your family and your home and your marriage. It sounds really good. I have read a few of Ross Stutat's uh, New York Times columns, so I think he's a good writer. This is a departure for him. This is not about politics, this is not a social commentary. This is more just about his life and how he learned. I think one of the things he talks about is sickness. And this is hard to talk about, but like sickness as a gift and like what we can learn from sickness and how it exposes our weakness in a way that he found really valuable. So anyway, it sounds really interesting. It is called The Deep Places by Ross Dutat and it comes
2: out October 26th. My next middle grade book I actually think both of you would really enjoy as well. Could be could be a little Venn diagram thing for all of us. Um, but this one is called The Bookshop of Dust and Dreams by Mindy Thompson, and it's out October 26th. It's very much for like the kids who loved Pages and Co., but maybe want a little bit more uh, depth and are maybe a little bit more mature now after reading that series. So this is about a magical bookstore that it appears for anyone who's in need of a book. And so it'll just appear in any time, any place, it'll show up and like customers can come in and whatnot. And it's set in 1944 in New York. So like wartime scenario here happening. And like, First chapter right off the bat, um, the family who runs the bookstore is very close to the family who lives next door. And they like grew up together with the the boy who, who goes there. And then unfortunately, he passes away in the war. And so the little girl, her older brother starts to try to see if he can use the bookstore's magic to go back in time to save his friend. But what he doesn't realize is that he starts triggering all of the dark magic that had been held down by the good magic of the bookstore to come back up and spark a whole bunch of craziness. It was really good because it had that like emotional component to it, but also still had this like beautifully written magical bookstore in it, which is what I really loved. And so I just, it was great. That sounds good.
1: It does sound good. My next book is the book of hope, a survival guide for trying times. This is by Douglas Abrams, who wrote the Book of Joy, I believe it was, with the Dalai Lama. And who else was it with? I can't remember. Desmond Tutu. Nelson, yeah, Desmond Tutu. Thank you. So he writes this, Douglas Abrams writes this with Jane Goodall. This is the Book of Hope. And I believe that he, he has plans to do more in this series. And so it's a, basically a conversation between them. Um, she's now, I think in her 80s, but still sharp and just talks about how we can still have hope, which I feel like it's really <laughs> timely. And she talks about her four reasons for still having hope, the human intellect, the resilience of nature, the power of young people, and the indomitable human spirit. And... Many of her stories are about nature and the environment, but it's broader than that as well. And what I've read of it has been really inspiring and refreshing when we have so many depressing things to read about all the time. So The Book of Hope by Jane Goodall and Douglas Abrams. And that comes out October 19th.
0: That sounds very timely and important Mm -hmm. for right now. I love Jane Goodall she's so great I I feel like I should have been taking notes while Lucy was talking because those four points were really good (laughs) 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 Um, um okay Last one for me, my last book is The Christmas Bookshop by Jenny Colgan. This comes out October 26th. Does it feel too early to have Christmas books? It does, but it's not. They start publishing in October and early November because so little publishes in December and this year, especially with like publishing delays and all that. So it's not too early to buy your like, Hallmark holiday, Christmassy books. This one, I just have to say my mom, I had given this one to my mom and she chose a different book for her shelf subscription, but she took a picture of it and she was like, I love this one and I want you to read it. So she thinks I would like it. I think probably because it is set at a bookstore. It is so Susie approved set in Scotland. It's a paperback original and it, the main character is Carmen and she's kind of, down on her luck. I feel like she's lost her job or something like that. And she goes to live with her sister who kind of has her life together. She But she's about to have maybe her second or third child. And so Carmen moves in. So it's a sister story. And then Carmen gets a job at the local bookstore right before the holiday season and is trying to help the bookstore hit sales goals to get it through and help it survive to the next year, which is a concept so many of us are familiar with, like the stressors of the last quarter of the year. So um, it sounds really lovely. There's a love story involved. Of course there is. The cover reminds me a little bit of Country Baker's Guide to City Living. Like it very much looks like if you like Gilmore Girls or if you like cozy things, like you will like this. I think I am going to read it. I have been trying every year. Um, for the past couple of years to read at least one like holiday themed book to kind of get me in the spirit. And so I'll probably read this one. It looks, it looks very cute and quaint. It is called the Christmas bookshop by Jenny Colgan comes out October twenty
1: six. Is there romance involved?
0: There is a romance. There's like a love triangle situation. Get this. I think it's between, it's between Carmen and the two love interests, the two male love interests. One is like a young Quaker. Very interested. Ooh. And then the other is an elitist, like literary
1: fiction writer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sounds very cute. Yes. That actually sounds really fun. And that's me saying that. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. My next book um, is called Grave Reservations by Sherry Priest. And this is out October 26th. This is absolutely for fans of anyone who loved uh, Finlay Donovan is Killing It. This is like murder mystery rom-com happening, but less on the rom-com more on the murder mystery. Um, but also with just like weird settings. <laughs> don't you guys love how I describe books? It's like everything yes, in the wrong order. I, like it. I do yeah. love it. Um, so this is about a woman who is a psychic travel agent, but she calls herself an inconsequential psychic because She generally gets premonitions about stuff that do not matter. Like her and her best friend will be on their way to go like eat at their favorite restaurant. And she gets a vision of like, they don't have the one thing that she wanted to eat there. And then sure enough, they get there and it's sold out. Like, so things that just don't matter. So she becomes this travel agent and she had booked this flight for a cop. And right before he gets on his connecting flight, she calls him and lets him know that she switched his flight purely because she had a bad feeling about this flight. And he's really upset in the moment. He's just like, I don't get why you're doing this. Like, I'm literally right here, ready to get on this plane. And then the plane starts to head down the runway and a fire catches. No one gets hurt. But the plane catches on fire and it's evacuated. (laughs) And so then he starts to like put two and two together. And he was just like, this travel agent somehow just saved my life. And so then they team up to solve a couple cold cases which is really fun but also <laughs> just side note she does this thing where she does psychic karaoke i forget what she calls it but it was really catchy clairvoyant karaoke and she'll like have <laughs> an audience member come up and like give them something personal of theirs and then she like from that item she like picks a song that like is associated with that person of the item and like nails it every time, which I just thought was so fun. It was great, and I think it's going to be a series.
1: That needs to be, <laughs> that needs to be a reality television show, not the book, just the clairvoyant ca- karaoke. Yeah,
2: it <laughs> yeah, it <watching>. the... <laughs> It was so much fun. It
0: sounds delightful. Do you have the ARC of this?
2: I read it on my Kindle.
0: Dang it. Okay. I'll just wait.
1: Yes. <laughs> Annie's a paper
2: fanatic.
1: I'll just wait. It's fine. <laughs> I feel so sad for you, Annie. <laughs> um, okay. So my last book, um, the last book, is The Taking of Jemima Boone, The True Story of the Kidnap and Rescue that Shaped America. This is by Matthew Pearl, and it comes out October 5th. Um, This is for your dad for Christmas, or your brother-in-law or whoever likes American history, early American history. It is narrative nonfiction. I believe it's his first work of nonfiction. He's written other historical fiction before. But it is about Daniel Boone's daughter, Jemima Boone, who was kidnapped along with a couple of other girls by a set of Native American raiders to their town, which I think was called Boone's town or Boone'sville or something like that. And so she is kidnapped. And then they realize that she's Daniel Boone's daughter and that she will probably be useful for negotiations. And so Daniel Boone goes to try and get her back. And she devises a bunch of like clues to leave for him so that he can find her. And he eventually does find her. So the story is, it's it's really um, fascinatingly told and written. It's good for narrative nonfiction. And just interesting that she becomes this character with like agency in her own right. She participates in her own saving. So yes, really good. The Taking of Jemima Boone by Matthew Pearl out Tuesday, October 5th.
0: What a great list of lots of genres of literature Mm -hmm. Lots, lots of variety here hopefully people might find something for their christmas list for their holiday shopping okay thank you guys so much thanks from the front porch is a weekly podcast production of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in south georgia You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, what I'm reading is brought to you by Visit Thomasville. I know that it's only October, but if you work in retail, you know the last quarter of the year flies by and you have to start prepping for the holiday season Early for me, the time feels like it has already arrived and maybe even passed. (laughs) Maybe you feel that way too, inundated with emails and social media posts about supply chain issues and shipping snafus. So, one way to start and finish your holiday shopping early is, of course, by shopping small. And one fun way to check all that shopping off your list might be by visiting Thomasville for one of their First Friday Sip and Shops. If you've never participated in one of these very fun, low-key events, let me encourage you to try. The next first Friday on the schedule is, of course, Friday, November 5th. Shops that are participating will have extended hours beginning at 6 p.m. with many bars and restaurants open until 10 p.m. There is music, often a concert at our local amphitheater, depending on COVID cases in our community. But there are also local musicians scattered throughout the downtown. Picture stars, hollows, troubadours, if you will. And it just is a really fun and festive atmosphere to knock out some of that shopping or to window shop and then come back on a Saturday when even more shops are open to get some of that actual gift buying done and off your holiday to-do list. October is the new December. This is our mantra and a great way to go ahead and and check things off your holiday shopping list is to attend a First Friday in downtown Thomasville. To find out more about how you can visit Thomasville and attend one of our First Friday events, go to thomasvillega.com. This week, I'm reading Five Tuesdays in Winter by Lily King. Olivia is reading Thursday's Child by Noel Stretfield. Yes, that Noel Stretfield. And Lucy is reading These Precious Days by Ann Patchett. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes. Or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and you can participate in monthly lunch break Q&A videos. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.